This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rivett, and I'm joined with the owner and publisher of Retail Insider Media, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Thank you so much, Lee. And thanks, everyone, for listening today. Now, we're currently recording on January the 4th, 2023, and it's our first podcast of the year. So naturally, we published a retrospective article looking back at our popular Retail Insider content for 2022, and we wanted to go through it for this podcast for the first episode in 2023. But Craig, for me, 2022 was a pivotal year for a lot of Canadian retailers. Yes, the pandemic began in 2020. But 2022 was the first year that a lot of these Canadian retailers didn't have to run the gauntlet of all these pandemic restrictions. So 2022 was the year of either cutting the mustard and dealing with the new normal or unfortunately fading away into the ranks of the uh, Eaton's and and Sears Canada. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, We're still not out of the woods, I think. But nevertheless, that and many other things have affected the Canadian retail industry. Well, let's hop into it. Conveniently, we have a list of articles that struck a nerve with people. Dustin on our team has put together this list of 22 Mm -hmm. articles that were in Retail Insider over the course of 2022. And I think our first article is back from January 2022. And it was Canadian Tire Store near Young and Bloor in Toronto was slated for redevelopment. So, Craig, let's even start there. Like, where did we even find out about this information? It was an article that um, I got a bit of a tip. Oh, yes, right. I remember the story now. <laughs> so I, I, I live near the corner of Young and Bloor in Toronto. Uh, there's going to be a redevelopment of that Canadian Tire store at Young and Bloor, which got lots of readers. That's why it's one of our top 22 articles for the year. And why do you think this was a well-read article for Retail Insider? Any reason for it hitting a note for folks and becoming... Well read. Uh, there's also a larger story here is that uh, several Canadian tire stores, the company does own some of the buildings that its stores are located in, are also going to be seeing these urban intensification redevelopments. So in the past, I've certainly talked about shopping centers in Canada that are seeing residential buildings being put on top or around in the parking lots. Well, this is quite similar. These just happen to be Canadian tire stores and not full shopping centers. Well, when you got a Vancouverite that's like reading this article's headline, you got like the Young and Blur intersection in downtown Toronto. And that typically like conjures visions of sugar plums, of luxury retailers like Louis Vuitton, Hermes, you know, Dior, Chanel, that kind of stuff. That's what that intersection like engenders when you think about it. And then the headline continues on to Canadian Tire which my brain automatically cramps and goes, what the heck? Those two don't go together. So for me, that catnip is what brought me in to read the article because I wasn't quite sure how those two went together. And I wanted to know a little bit more, especially since I'm not from the area. I'm from Vancouver. But what was it for you? What brought you to the article? Uh, A Canadian tire store, I believe, is also going to be coming back into this project. And those of us who live here, we are grateful because not all of us are, you know, we can't buy nails, screws and hammers at Chanel. No. <laughs> you know, and, and Louis Vuitton, uh, as far as I'm aware, doesn't have tires. Uh, uh, having a Canadian tire store is great uh, for, for the neighborhood, for those of us that need this stuff here. I know a lot of us are ordering stuff online, but uh, certainly having that store is, is, is terrific. We're not all rich. And those of us even that are, uh, we still shop in regular stores. It'd be great to have a Walmart in the neighborhood. Well, and just moving into another one of our articles that was well read, which is also at Young and Blur, is the Apple store that was looking at potentially pulling out of the one 
And again, this article was back from February 2022. So that's like 11 months ago, Craig. So a lot's happened maybe since then. So what's going on with uh, with Apple? So basically, in a nutshell, I think I've discussed this on a podcast before, so I won't go into too many details. But what was happening was uh, Mizrahi Developments is, is building this building called The One, which I believe will be the tallest residential building in the country when it's completed. It'll be well over a thousand feet tall. It's uh, slated to have an Apple store at the base. It'll be a flagship store similar to the one, Lee, that you visited in Vancouver that opened, uh, uh, and I think it was in early December. Uh, this would be Toronto's version of that store. Oh, beautiful. Because again, like Pacific Center, that's a stunning store. So I'm glad you guys are getting one. Now, Apple had sued oh. the developer to get out of the lease oh. for that space, saying Yee. that things were taking too long and that they were unhappy with the whole thing. So uh. we don't know yet if Apple is coming for sure, but I sure hope to heck they are. Because again, this is my neighborhood and uh, clearly people were interested in the article. And again, just down the block or in the same neighborhood is Aloe Yoga that was coming into downtown Toronto at Young and Blur too. Aloe Yoga opens <laughs> its first store in Canada at the corner of Blur Street and Bay Street. Oh, yes. And I remember because it was a big gap store that closed in early 2021 and it sat there for a little bit. So I think that was also very prominent because there was a big, you know, blank blue sign there for such a long time. This one, again, is quite interesting. Aloe Yoga has since opened at the Yorkdale Shopping Center. It's a U.S.-based yoga brand. Uh, Similar price point, maybe a little bit higher than Lululemon, and uh, is looking to uh, take a little bit of uh, Lululemon's business away here in Canada. So, oh, and I remember doing a podcast with you back in January 2022, where because I referred to a quote from uh, I think it was a CEO of Burks, and he had said that 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 corner was the best corner in Canada. To which I kind of went, "What? I think here. Let me just grab the clip quick and play it for you." It's a good corner. Uh, Jean Christophe Bedos, he's the uh, uh, CEO of Burks, had said in an interview a few years ago uh, to me that that was the best retail corner in Canada, in his opinion. So yeah. it, it's an interesting corner because it's got his store, Burks, Burke, the jewelry store, mm -hmm. beautiful store. Uh, Aloe Yoga will be on one corner. There's a TD Bank, which will be there for a while, I'm sure. And um, currently, there's a Hakeem Optical on the Northwest corner, but um, well, just to recap, the best retail corner in Canada has Burks, um, a bank, and an eyewear place, and now a yoga retailer. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's when you say it that way, it's like, well, that's the best corner in Canada. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, back to 2023. That was a very fun interview that we had done last year. So thanks for going through there again. But Ala, so Alo is going to be opening up not only in Toronto, but in other areas in Canada, you were mentioning too, right? I believe a lease has been signed or certainly was at least under negotiation last time I was chatting uh, for a store in Edmonton, which would be indicative that we'll see possibly at least one Alo yoga store in a few major cities in Canada, which would obviously eventually include Vancouver and uh, probably Calgary if it's coming to Edmonton. Who knows? But uh, nevertheless, these are all the things that could be happening here. Well, and that's a nice segue that we were just in Edmonton for the last article, because in Edmonton, the next article that was well read has to do with um, Best Buy opening up a smaller footprint store. And this was also in the Edmonton area. So why don't we hop to that one? Number 19 was Best Buy is launching these smaller format stores in Canada. Um, very much uh, digital versus physical. Uh, you can order online, pick it up in the store. Uh, it's a bit of a smaller store model for those who want to shop in the store. Uh, this one's actually in the Sherwood Park Mall. I, 
I used to live in Sherwood Park. It's just outside of Edmonton. Yay, Sherwood Park. I used to go through there as well. But what inspired me also to read the article is that I'm guilty of going and buying a lot of my technical purchases off of, let's say, Amazon or directly from Apple and then just having it shipped to me or click and collect. So like, I'm not quite sure how Best Buy is going to navigate a lot of this competition. But for me, it's not relevant having a 30,000 square foot flagship that has all of this inventory in it to play because I just buy it online. If I don't like it, I just return it. So click and collect uh, is my friend, or I've gone on to Best Buy's website and then just had things shipped to me directly. So for me, what caused me to read the article is because the smaller format makes sense. And I wanted to see where they were going with that. So that's why it was well-read for me, just because of the trend of going and buying things online and not necessarily needing 30,000 square feet worth of legacy kind of thought in shopping. That's right. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of people who are now buying tech online because it's not something you always have to see or try in person. Sometimes you want to, but it's not like trying on a pair of pants if you're buying earphones. Like the ones I'm wearing right now, I did not try them out before I bought them. We ordered all this stuff online, didn't we? Totally did. (laughs) But moving into our next article, it was again from February and is also on Blur Street. It's uh, Zara Shuddering and it's like sandwiched between or was between the whole Renfrew and the Aritzia on Blur. So let's hop to that, Craig, because this is a a retailer back in your neck of the woods. So going back again, this seems like we're always coming back to the corner of Young and Blur in Toronto, at least here at the start um, we did a quick uh, did a quick article on Zara shutting its store on Bloor Street, uh, Toronto, after 22 years. There was a, it's it's not a huge story in terms of overall narrative. I mean, the store had been there for a while. Uh, the parent company Indidex is, uh, uh, said it was going to be shutting quite a few stores, and I, I guess that this one wasn't either you know up to performance, or there was an issue with the lease, or perhaps they just didn't want to renew it, but. Uh, the store is now gone. And I think that that's really quite surprising because Bloor Yorkville as a neighborhood is a fashion center. Uh, Zara was one of the more affordable retailers in the neighborhood for fashion and uh, losing that. And then eventually losing H and M, which is going to happen next uh, is, is really quite shocking for the neighborhood. So it's, it's not good news for Bloor Yorkville. We already lost a Hudson's Bay store, which is also another top story we'll be talking about here shortly in this podcast. And uh, this is a transformation of the neighborhood. Uh, I don't like some of that because it's not, we need a variety of stores. We can't just have really expensive stores in Bloor Yorkville. And it seems like some of the more affordable ones are shutting down while we get new ones like the Saint Laurent flagship store that will be opening uh, this year later on, uh, largest in North America, probably. And, uh, you know, right on Bloor Street. So. Well, it's not all doom and gloom there. I know a lot of people head over to like, you know, Queen Street in order to get the run of the middle of the road kind of retailers. But isn't like Aritzia also on like Blur Street like that? It's not leaving, right? No, no. Aritzia is going to stick around. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm, It's probably on a 10 year lease and a beautiful big store. It'll stick around. So, yeah, not all the stores are expensive. There's still some affordable ones. Uh, they, Aritzia doesn't really have menswear other than the super puff jacket. But uh, that, I mean, that may change at some point. But uh, um, yes, it's, it is one of the more affordable stores in the neighborhood. There are even, there's a couple of Dollaramas, not everything in, in, in Blur Yorkville is super expensive, but I'm just, I'm noticing the trend of, we have fewer of the more affordable stores where I would shop at, and we've got more and more of the very expensive stores where I, I generally wouldn't shop at because I, I, I really don't need a lot of the stuff. As I've learned a lot more about luxury brands, I can write about them and, and, and educate people about them, but it's not something I want to buy because I understand the quality and the margins and the fact that, you know, it's also a ripoff. So, uh, 
<laughs> that's the reality, people. But you know, keep buying you know Gucci and, and Prada because it's it's supporting the economy. But but I'm not. I, I have some, but I'm not probably buying anymore. Number sixteen. Speaking of luxury brands, was an article on luxury retailers opening at Toronto's Yorkdale Shopping Centre. Uh, now, I don't even know if this is a news story because this is something that's been going on for about a decade or more now, I would say, at Yorkdale. Uh, Tiffany came in in 2009, and from there, it was all hands on deck to get more luxury brands. And, and really, just to summarize things, uh, Yorkdale has become uh, certainly one of the top shopping centers in North America to find luxury brand stores uh, and is becoming a world leader as a shopping center. I mean... There are certainly some really, really great retail centers out there in uh, particularly Asia, but uh, uh, certainly Yorkdale has found its place uh, as a suburban shopping mall that has become a luxury center. It's, it's really quite fascinating. It's got some of the, many of the stores you find at South Coast Plaza in, in Orange County near Los Angeles, uh, the Ball Harbor shops near Miami, uh, Houston Galleria, these uh, shopping centers that you'd find uh, you know, places like Las Vegas. Uh, Toronto's got Yorkdale. So, and Yorkdale definitely is a competitor to the Bloor Yorkville neighborhood downtown uh, and has certainly had an impact. It's taken sales away from the downtown core and uh, that's not good for business in downtown Toronto. So it would be interesting if uh, interesting to see what uh, Bloor Street would look like if Yorkdale did not have all these luxury stores. Uh, there's a very good chance that the Bloor Yorkville area would be one of the world's top shopping areas, uh, certainly with brands, or at least would have a lot more than it already does. Because it, it is still good, but it would probably be at least twice as good if it wasn't for Yorkdale. So that's the reality. Uh, Yorkdale has had an impact. Well, and just moving over to like Front and Spadina in downtown Toronto, like that was one of our most read articles as well. Number 13 was the well in downtown announces a major retail tenant. So let's hop into that one because that was like another one on our list. Article number 13. The Well in downtown Toronto announces major retail tenants. Uh, now, The Well is a really interesting project. It's a mixed-use project. It's in uh, Spadina and Front Street uh, in downtown Toronto. Quite exciting. It's got a retail center. It's got a large food hall that's, that's under construction. Now, the center is not quite as advantageous as it was before because Shopify was supposed to move its global headquarters to The Well, but announced that uh, it not going to moving its offices into there. So that is going to have an impact. Uh, the developers are going to have to find new office tenants. We'll see where things go, but this is going to be a bit of a challenge for the retail. One, well, just to kind of wrap up the podcast, Hudson Bay is pretty much dominating the number five, four, two and one articles. Um, Hudson Bay closing um, Blur and Young location was the announcement was an article that was well read and then the actual closure itself. But besides that, number three was the Hudson Bay in downtown Vancouver was going to be redeveloping their their store. Um, and then the last number one article is uh, Zeller's coming back. So, Craig, let's hop into the closure of the Blur and Young Hudson Bay. We all ran through prior to the store closing. Just for those that aren't aware, there was a uh, rather large Hudson's Bay store at the corner of Young and Bloor in downtown Toronto. It shut down mm. uh, earlier in the year uh, in 2022. Um, I, I want to study the impact more of the store closure because living in the neighborhood, it's quite I think it really does leave a hole in the neighborhood. I know not a lot of us were shopping there all the time, but it was still a place to go and get certain things. And it was a destination for other people uh, coming in off the subway. And now that we don't have it, uh, I'm noticing its loss. Mm. And, and that's really unfortunate. 
Well, and I'm hoping the same thing doesn't happen in Vancouver, but the one of the articles that was popular was the announcement on the downtown Hudson Bay it's building itself, right? Uh, there was an announcement that there's going to be a redevelopment. Uh, there's going to be a big office built and put on top of it. So you've got this historical building that was built in phases starting in the 1920s, I think into the 50s. A beautiful building with Corinthian columns. It's going to stay uh, uh, somehow as a feat of engineering. Um, you'll have this facade of the department store and maybe some of the historical elements within. I don't quite know how they're going to do this, but they're going to put this giant office building on top of it, which looks like a huge glass cube. Um, I didn't say it in the article when I wrote it, but I think it's hideous. Wow, that's strong. I, I, I think it's just going to look really stupid when, when they build it. But uh-huh. nevertheless, the reason they're doing this <laughs> okay. is um, there are view cones is what they call it. These things frustrated me when I lived in Vancouver and was involved in development. Um, you can only build so high in certain parts of the downtown core so that when you are in parts of Vancouver south of the downtown core, even when you're just sitting in a car, you can see some mountains. So this has affected billions of dollars worth of development opportunity in downtown Vancouver so that people can see some mountains in a province where there's a ton of mountains everywhere. And in this case, because of where the Hudson's Bay store sits downtown, they couldn't put really tall towers. So instead, they had to put this squat, hideous glass tower thing to capitalize on the value of this property on top of the store, and it's going to look ridiculous when it's done. And uh, I'll probably laugh my head off when I actually go and see it in person when it's completed. So uh, sorry to be negative about that. But uh, again, I didn't say that in the article, but I just think that it's going to be an atrocity to this historical building. And uh, not a lot of people have come out uh, and said negative things about it, but they probably will once they Mm -hmm. see it. Well, let's end the podcast on a happy note where Zellers is being revived by Hudson Bay. And that was our number one article because, again, there's a lot of nostalgia to it. So, Craig, let's hop into that one to wrap up the podcast. Zellers stores to be revived by the Hudson's Bay Company. Yay. For months, we were investigating, trying to figure out what was going on. We saw job postings, etc. And now we can confirm, of course, that uh, the Hudson Bay Company is bringing Zellers back. Let's hope that this actually is a compelling uh, retail experience for people. Uh, the first Zellers that came about was in uh, Berlin, in the Burlington Center, and it was terrible. Oh, it was awful. Like the, It was like someone went to Kinko's, printed off a bunch of Zellers sign, and threw a bunch of like old merchandise that hadn't sold from the Olympics and said, hey, we got a pop-up in Burlington for Zellers. It was an awful store. <laughs> it was just an absolutely awfully executed concept. And now it looks like the Hudson Bay Company is actually going to try and do something else and actually bring back the Zellers concept. So it looks like from what we're seeing with some of the initial advertising that they're going to have some kitchenware and some fashion. And I'm just hoping that they bring in something that's branded. And I think because the first test or whatever you want to call it, these, this Zellers at Burlington was a joke, really. A Hudson Bay Company should be quite embarrassed at what, what they did there. I figured, again, this is posturing for litigation. There was a family in Quebec that had launched these small Zellers stores. Uh, Hudson Bay Company wanted to uh, maintain its position uh, on a trademark, which had which it had allowed to expire. I don't know if some lawyers were fired because of this, but somebody should have gotten in trouble. And uh, now, you know, and then they launched this terrible Zellers concept in Burlington, which made no sense at all. Um, <laughs> and and now we're going to actually see something happen, which is hopefully going to be better. So, I mean, it can't be much worse. So uh, good luck, uh, Hudson Bay Company. Bring this Zellers concept back and actually make it good this time. Yeah, here's hoping. And thanks for going through all of these articles that were very popular in 2022. And chat with you next week, Craig. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. Take care and bye for now. 